Welcome to the Digital Rapport Podcast, where you discover how to connect, influence, and persuade in the digital age. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another podcast interview. And today we have Ravinda Plahi, who has been studying health and nutrition since childhood. He specializes in helping people in their 30s and 40s get their health back from chronic diseases and has a special interest in growing younger as we get older. He has been a qualified optometrist for just under 20 years. He's qualified in nutritional therapy from London College of Naturopathic Medicine and has gone on to study functional medicine. He believes the body is self-healing given the right environment and circumstances and focuses primarily on rebalancing the body's stress response using mindset, nutrition and breath. So I thought as we're all like in business and personal development, it'd be good to get some insights from a pro in how stress can affect our mind and body and help us basically do better in life. This is going to be a great interview. Let's get straight into it. Rav, are you there? I'm here, JT, and it's good to be here. Thanks, All right, uh, thanks for getting me on the call. <laughs> no problem, buddy, no problem. Thank you for your time. I know how busy you are and stuff and just carving out a bit of time so we can talk to the audience in regards to stress. Um, there's two basically things on my mind at the moment, but we can go wherever this goes. And I wanted to talk about the mental stress that people have, you know, the kind of stuff like, oh my God, this is going on. What do we do? How do we deal with things and this current situation, all that kind of thing. And then you have the kind of invisible one but it has a stress that takes place on your body you know and then what that does to your body and things like that so we'll have a conversation around those things so firstly what are your thoughts on everything that's going on at this moment time and people's mental state in regards to stressing themselves out mentally uh basically when it when the whole thing first started the first thing i focused on myself was not to get panicked uh, because you know the our nervous system has a really like heavy impact on our immune system it it's they're not they're not separate sy- sy- systems they actually interrelate and connect um so the first thing i wanted to do was make sure that i'm in i'm in and for me it wasn't really the virus that bothered me um because i guess because of my understanding of biochemistry and the you know my speciality and what i do uh, i kind of understood the severity of the virus uh, so for myself for uh, i wasn't stressed i was also not really stressed about uh, mum and dad that uh, who live with me because they were already isolating not going out and we are we do co- run a quite a hygienic and healthy lifestyle here so you know let's just uh, keep that going uh, what I was more stressed about was the impact of what's going to happen after this, you know. So my stress mm-hmm. was, oh, my God, are they going to, uh, are we going to be now vaccinated, mandatory vaccinations? And, <laughs> and I have nothing with vaccinations. I just want to know what's in them. So, you know, mm-hmm. are they going to tell us exactly what they're injecting us with? And da, da, da. So I went in, my stress was on that. And then I had to sit down and actually uh, I use a few techniques to just really come in a present to that fear or that the thoughts I have and just let them go, you know, or let, allow them to be there because sometimes, you know, the stress response is, is a intelligent thing. And, 
it's obviously there to uh it's a healthy thing uh you know to get fear is not a a bad thing so once you've got that fear of thought it's what you do with it you know are you gonna if you just let it linger there in your mind you know that's when it starts to create chronic stress you start creating hormones in your body which then start impacting uh your digestive system your immune system and then you and you know it's uh we're talking about chronic um stress and so i thought let me just handle this now um and then so i got focused i just asked myself what am i actually stressed about got clear on that and then just went through a process that i used to to clear that up and then you know there's so many processes out there but you know just fundamentally i mean that's how important it was that i had you know mm. um i did I, that's the first thing i did so there's going to be a lot of people out there who have it doesn't really matter what they're stressed about some people are stressed about the virus but they're probably some people are going to be stressed about how it's affecting impacting their life how their whether whether their income's coming in it's probably got in front of their goals stopped their goals from occurring you know they've got these achievements they've got to do and they can't you know it's it's put set them back that's a big stressor for mm. some people their whole structure of their life has now been disrupted the whole they have to replan the whole life from working from home if you know what i mean so there's that's going to be that element there there's other people who uh, are just going to feel lonely being in their isolation you know they want to go out and socialize so that's going to be a stress for them some and others mm. it's just a stress for other people they're just going to be worried about their parents going to be worried about themselves their sense of security's gone you know there's so many different perceptions of these stresses that we have i mean that's yeah. the first thing i had to i looked at before nutrition or anything else i looked at my stress i mean a lot of people i feel don't necessarily associate stress with the body they kind of do it more as a mental thing right so when people do actually stress and they create these mental scenarios and what not what actually starts to happen in the brain what's what's going on there so basically what you'll have is we have an autonomic nervous system which is your sort of uh, everyone should, you know has probably heard of it is your the calm the sort of uh, rest and digest nervous system and it's called the parasympathetic nervous system and then you have the sympathetic nervous system uh, which is your active and alert you're ready to act and sometimes it's called the fight fight flight or freeze response and basically your body your mind is basically going to be looking for danger it could be a real danger in front of you or a perceived danger and obviously the perceived danger comes from a thought so the hypothalamus is the the master gland which will now send a signal to your pituitary gland which is its kind of um officer i guess so the the, mm-hmm. the hypothalamus will say there's a danger they will send a signal into in the form of hormones and some electrical signals to your pituitary gland pituitary gland is now going to think okay i need to speed up the thyroid i need to slow down the thyroid or i need to secrete some adrenaline and get the adrenal glands to secrete adrenaline i need the stomach to stop producing stomach acid so the pituitary gland then listens to the hypothalamus then sends its signals to the rest of the organs and then a lot of people may have heard of something called the hpa axis which is your hypothalamus adrenal sorry pituitary adrenal axis it just basically it's like the the hypothalamus tells the pituitary to tell the adrenal glands what to do so and then what the adrenal gland will do is is secretes uh, hormones uh, adrenaline there's two types of actually there's many types of adrenaline and there's also uh, your uh, cortisol so these are kind of called the uh, stress hormones the interesting thing about these hormones is what well, cortisol specifically 
stops you from feeling the stress. So his job is just to allow you to handle that stress. People will yeah. know they've got adrenaline because their heartbeat will race. So you will feel the stress when adrenaline is there. But with cortisol, it's a very kind of subtle. And what should happen is cortisol should stop once the stressor is over. But nowadays, our stresses are chronic. They're constant all the time. So most people have elevated cortisol levels. When you have cortisol levels interacting with other hormones, for example, uh, when you eat, you have insulin secreted, you have it will interfere with how that food is then processed. And then some people will then put on weight around the stomach and we call that the apple shape. And then some people, if they're not stressed, will actually put weight around their buttock area and that's called the pear shape. And that's the healthier form of fat. <laughs> so when I'm looking at a client, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to look at, you know, where are they, where have they got the fat on their body? What's going on? And it mm -hmm. kind of gives you an idea of this person's stressed. Uh, and then the funny thing is when you ask this person, you know, are you stressed? The problem, most time they'll say no uh, mm. until you delve into their history so i'll use software which timelines their life uh they'll fill a questionnaire in it puts in the dates and then you'll I'll point to okay so this was a stressful event here blah, blah, blah. and then normally you see a, all these little symptoms uh, you know it could be from itchiness from excessive sweating or maybe some darkness out under their eyelids it could be a rash mm. it could be um digestive issues but they all kind of slowly start building up and then it's it's like a curve goes upwards it's really funny it's like a graph and i'll show them look that happened to you there and then so is it the is it the cortisol that then doesn't um that kind of makes a person not realize that that's what's going on yeah i would i would i mean there are other hormones but cortisol's job is to help you deal with stress so it liberates glucose from your it, it can from your body so mainly it can can break down your muscle uh for example it will it's that's called uh, gluconeogenesis so it's basically breaking down proteins to create glucose which then that happens in the liver oh this cortisol in your bloodstream it does make you feel stressed it just makes you feel like you can handle it and it's a bit like when people who drink a lot of coffee to wake up they have their using so much cortisol that the cortisol doesn't even wake them up in the morning so what tension is you've got cortisol which is highest is in the morning so it wakes you up and then it basically goes out and the the levels of cortisol are meant to they could look online and it will basically towards the evening it is it, uh, it lowers there's less cortisol in your body then what happens is again you sleep and then you're in the morning the cortisol then wakes up again a lot of people who are stressed the body can become what we call maladapted. So there's so much cortisol for so long that the cortisol levels actually can drop. So therefore, you're not now even being able to wake up in the morning. Now you have to rely on coffee to wake you up. And then coffee can increase cortisol in the, in the body. So when you're looking at a symptom picture, when I've got someone in front of me, I will look at, okay, what's there's certain patterns you see and you think, okay, this is what's happening. This person's got high cortisol when i explain this to them they normally the person hmm. does realize oh my i didn't realize that so you know so right, yeah. we can't even check these cortisol levels through a, i mean i've used a slider test on myself and, and that's where my journey of optimum health started was when i after two in the I think the second year of naturopathic nutrition uh, uh training i did a cortisol test hmm. on myself and found that my 
adapted cortisol levels were woke me up in the morning but then they didn't they didn't really lower like they went increased in the evening again so when i used to wake up in the morning i was always tired i did i would wake up but i would be tired so so from that pattern you can see that okay the cortisol goes up at night so therefore i'm not even getting a good uh sleep to recover in, so you can do these tests, saliva tests, urine tests, and look at the pattern of what's going on in your body. And then you put a strategy behind it. You know, people talk about these herbs. There's rhodiola, there's ashwagandha, there's turmeric, and um, so many herbs for stress. Um, but the key is when to use these. Should you use them in the morning, in the afternoon, or in the evening? For me, it was easy to tell because I, I just took them in the evening because that's where my cortisol levels were the highest. So therefore, I then just dampened my cortisol. I found just from doing that, um, just controlling my stress, basically changed my whole life. I was able, my digestive issues disappeared. A lot of the like funny little symptoms I used to have, like dry skin, bad breath as well. You know, little things like this just sort of just went away. I had more energy. Um, it, All because of the chemicals that were taking place um, due to just when people are thinking about things a lot and they're creating these chemicals in the body that then cause them to stress out and and doing this over a period of time you're saying is uh, something that can influence the body to uh, create symptoms yeah in a, in, it's a bit different it can be like a chicken and egg so you could be for mm-hmm. example from a young age tv put in my room 10 10 years old you know but no one knew any better then <laughs> so i used to wait i used to watch tv yeah. till 12 one o'clock at night you know and so my body got accustomed to um being awake at night so my body would think oh rav needs caught needs awake so let's give him some cortisol during the evening but that also had a impact on my i would say it probably did have an impact on my mental health you know so uh because Mm -hmm. there's so many things that occur at night when you're asleep to recover from worries anxiety and uh, things like that so i mean i was yeah i mean uh, so your habits yes so your habits are something that can influence yeah your mind um and then at the same time your mind, your mind can also and... then influence your body so you're kind of then trapped in a sort of cycle so if i'm looking at someone and I'm wanting to address their stress i'm not going to really sit around and work out which one comes first i'm going to address both things so i'm going to look at their mind mm-hmm. i'm going to look at their lifestyle Let's like do all of it at once because we don't know if it's your nutrition that's affecting you, that's causing your uh, mood swings. We don't know if it's a lack of sleep. We don't know if it's your exercise or we don't know. We don't really know. We all have habits, habits. Yeah, or, yeah you've got. Yeah. So, right, um, so you kind of go for everything, and it usually works. <laughs> so, would you say? Would you say that there are um, certain habits that people can? Add? adapt and put into place which will help them reduce their stress yeah first uh, the first thing to is to like my one of my mentors uh, suki waiwala says you need to know where you are first <laughs> so to before you even mm-hmm. try to address what kind of habit to change and what to change first you've got to look at what your habits are and so the, some of the sort of key habits uh, is to really look at your morning this is really generalizing, but you've got some people who are really what you call sympathetic nervous system kind of people, right? So they're quite irritable, angry, 
you know, inte- they're quite intelligent. They can be impatient. They're normally morning people and get on with things. You know, I've just, I'm just, I've just right. talked about the negative part, but there are positives to these people. You know, they're they're driven. They get things done, etc., sure. etc. Et so someone like that, their habits are going to be probably going to be lacking some kind of relaxation in their system. And I personally believe that some people can actually go to. They can be sympathetic, or they can be parasympathetic, which is kind of your people who are late. They sort of tend to, they're the night owls. They rarely get angry. They're quite calm, but they need lots of sleep. And they tend to be, it's generalization, but like your creatives and your kind of um, your uh, writers and people of that nature. The other ones, mm-hmm. city workers, doctors, lawyers, etc. Can't class one person in one or the other. It's, you're going to have a, a blend crossover. crossover. But then, yeah. but these are things you look yeah. at. You think, okay, what do I do? Do I, am I someone who wakes up in the morning? The first thing is, right, so let's just start chronological order. It's okay. So when you wake up, are you yeah. tired? And if you are tired, okay. then and do you need coffee? Opposed to mm-hmm. someone who wakes up, has loads of energy and then chooses to have coffee because they like the taste of it. You're looking at that. So is mm-hmm. coffee really a problem for that person? Probably not. If you wake up tired and need the coffee to get you going... Then straight away, I'll just tell someone to stop drinking it because uh, right. because those sort of people, they're driven and they don't want to be weak. But to need coffee in the morning is a weakness. <laughs> so And, and uh, no one wants to be right. perceived as weak, you know. So, But, you know, but even them, to themselves. Then later on the day, we'll, we'll look at, OK, so what else is happening? Someone's, what's their lunch? Are you having breakfast? Uh, and what are you having for breakfast? And are you eating it on the run? you eating at the desk when you get to work? Are you in front of your computer? Are you taking time to eat? It's really important to understand, actually, the, the nervous system. So, like I said, right at the beginning, you have a rest and digest, and then you have the fight and flight. Now, most of the listeners will, will be able to recognize the person who has to gets up, tired, gets to work, eats the breakfast there, eats it in the car, you, you know, you already, that, that sounds like a fight and flight. You know, you don't even have to, I don't have to convince you. That's not rest and digest. Mm. What happens in the nervous system? So it's like, it's like the stress they create, yeah. right? They and what there, the stress does, yeah, so what the stress is doing yeah. is when you're in fight and flight, you've got to remember, what is fight and flight? Fight, flight and flight is kind of a response to mobilize energy in the body right to respond to a stress that in it that's in a nutshell that is what the nerve that's the nervous system that's what it's doing yes the body's thinking all right i need to get energy into the into the body now into the muscles now when it gets energy into muscles it's not gonna send energy into your digestive system or your reproductive area that's the last area that's now you know that's a low priority because the body doesn't care what what's going on. If it's in danger, it will mobilize all the stress hormones and it will shut down blood going to your stomach. Stomach. When you get a shutdown of blood going to your stomach, you're not now producing any stomach acid in the stomach. You're not producing any enzymes, uh, any bioflow that will digest and help digest your, your proteins, your carbs and your um, fats. And it shows that even sitting at a desk in front of a, a screen eating your food even though you're not running away or moving you're still stressed you're still working so you're still in a active so you're still alert um, you're still having to respond to emails 
And then, so your body still... A very important point at this moment in time because lots of people are going to be sitting at home trying to do working from home or whatnot and they're sitting in front of their desk and eating food, then that's exactly... Yeah, what yeah, yeah. That's, you know, that's a really good point, JT. Yeah, so basically, yeah, go as far to say that even if you're watching a comedy or something like that, even that, you shouldn't really be um, mm. watching on your screen because if you think about it, you're watching maybe even a cartoon you're you're laughing etc etc and then there'll be a part of the cartoon where maybe you get some, something a little bit violent occurs now you might not think it's actually you know may not you might you might not perceive it as important or even you may not even so your your body your whatever you're thinking about that cartoon whatever story that's been played out in that cartoon or comedy Whenever there's a bit of drama, you will secrete hormones according to that part in that story, you know. So mm. uh, it's mm. even watching a funny clip on TikTok or something, you know, you'll laugh. At but yeah, I'll give you a bit of an example. So right now with the coronavirus, there's a there's clip I saw where there's this uh, little baby toddler walking into a room and an adult coughs. And then the toddler sort of stops, makes his face and then runs back the other way, you know. So and, and it's quite a funny little <laughs> clip. But what happens after that clip? You're now going to be starting thinking about mm. the cough. Now you're going to start thinking about, OK, that baby ran away from the cough is really funny. But then your brain's going to start to create more connections with that cough. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, I better be careful with that cough. I might infect so and so i might do this oh my god uh what if i get the cough what if ha that happens and so in a within a short space of time watching something funny um and now you're in a whole story in your mind about uh, you know you're ending up in the hospital or you're infecting someone you know just from that one little uh, story mm. so i would say when you're eating i would just not watch any anything on your screen at all however studies and research mm -hmm. have shown that eating other people and having a conversation has yeah. a different effect uh, again it i would assume that if you're talking about something stressful you probably have the same mm -hmm. stress on the tv so yeah i mean it used to be quite important they used to say um you know people families used to yeah. eat together and, and this might be a good time actually people families might eat more you know sit down together and eat more and which might be helpful and help them relax a bit and de-stress as they say coming back to uh, going through the day so you've got you're now at work hopefully you've actually eaten your breakfast you woke up in time <laughs> and you uh, had yeah. your breakfast in a relaxed manner you got to work in, an, in a nice relaxed way um, you didn't eat in the car um, you haven't needed any coffee to this point because your body's able to your body's able to use glucose in a really efficient way and and you've got no mm -hmm. stress and you basically now got to work. And so now comes lunchtime. And again, the same thing. So some people miss lunch. So this is the other. And there's so many different scenarios, but missing lunch is, is actually the key one. Uh, and it's, it's funny because if you plan to miss lunch, you won't stress. You're not going to secrete as many stress hormones mm -hmm. because you've already planned it. It's when you have so much work at work, you've got so much work going on. And whether it's you've imposed that on yourself or whether it's especially if it's imposed by someone else, you're going to have a lot of stress hormones because now you've missed your lunch. You haven't been working as an optometrist. Mm -hmm. I always remember looking at the clinic and looking at who's 
And if it was a, an elderly person or some, someone who I know who's just going to complicated, <laughs> then I would, I would sort of, you know, make sure I've got enough time for that person. But, or if there's a, you know, sure. you just don't want to be running late into that one appointment because if you do then your whole lunch is gonna which so, is a stress so in itself yeah, isn't so it? now which that would stress itself. me out so it's yeah. um it's the same at work you know when you've just completely missed lunch because you've just gone through it you know you're gonna have stress hormones your cortisol is definitely gonna come out there cause, oh my god this person needs glucose um and then you've got the things going in your mind hypothalamus says it's danger sends more adrenaline it gets adrenaline rushing it's there's a whole chemical explosion going on in the <laughs> in the body and it all comes down to how safe you're feeling as well. Like, as soon as you feel, it's okay. You know, I don't need that lunch. I'm all right. That's how quick, if you believe that, it's how, that's how quick you want. If your nervous system can listen and actually uh, respond to that, then it's, it, it's, it's a good thing, you know, because you can relax yourself straight away. I mean, there's different mm. techniques. But then, yeah, so that's another habit is lunch, yeah. planning lunch. Are you going to eat lunch or you're not going to eat lunch? Then going home and then, you know, taking your home and your work with you home. So are you now working into the evening or are you thinking about work? Is there something happened at work? Are you think is there a client? Is it, you know, all these sort of things can happen. This is just life, but gives mm-hmm. you an idea. This is just how cortisol is going to increase again in the evening. Because now people have been told to sit at home and they, they're going to be in this agitated state slightly until they figure out or get calm about what's going on. But if they listen to what you just said and reflect on it, they'll be able to see how their routines or what they were doing in daily life could be creating these mm. stresses which they weren't even aware of, you know? So it's really good to point these out in the different kind of stages of the day and what's yeah, going on. Yeah, I mean, that the, the, so some people will say to me, oh, Rav, you know, uh, I'm feeling so, after, you know, they'll follow my plan and then they'll, have a kind of a concern and they'll go Raz I feel so sleepy in the evening like I don't know there's something not right I go that's exactly what should be happening is you should be feeling sleepy in the evening (laughs) so it's not like that's actually my plan is working yeah it's not it's not fitting into your Mm. lifestyle then that's something for you to now sort of contemplate on because you've come to me with a health problem with a, a condition that you've got you don't want anymore and I've now got your body to a place where mm. it's functioning normally, but it doesn't fit into your lifestyle. Now, I would I normally get people just look, just try to adapt to it, and because you're waking up better with more energy, you know. So maybe you can start organizing your day in a certain way to get things done uh, quicker. And I will share the DFT mm. method with them uh, again, which uh, Suki that me me and you both know has sort of developed and. Um, I'll share that with them, and that usually helps. And D- DFT is um, daily focus time. It's a basically yeah. productivity methodology on how to organize yeah. your day in the best yeah, way, yeah, get things done most efficiently. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, once they understand that it's normal, they actually worry and concern goes away. They normally do adapt. You know, they actually become a lot mm-hmm. happier and think, "Well, mm-hmm. I didn't realize." And to be honest, you know, you can fight that sleepiness if you want. You can, if you want yeah. to, you know, if you go out to a party, you, you will be able to push through that tiredness. Uh, but it's just, if you're doing that any day, then it becomes a, a problem. But yeah, and then we were just looking at sleep hygiene. Um, I think the biggest for me, I've been monitoring my sleep for now, coming up to 18 months using an aura ring. And the I've used myself as a guinea pig and looked at all the 
all the things that people recommend to get a good night's sleep and what helps. And oh, cool. yeah, yeah. Tell, tell me a bit about that. Like, how are you monitoring? You know, your own kind of stress level. And yeah. So the Oura Ring will measure ring, your right? temperature overnight. It will measure your heart rate. We'll measure your something called HRV, heart rate variability. It's just basically your heart's capacity to handle stress. And the higher that number, the better you are um, in terms of handling stress, the better your nervous system can handle, your heart can handle, um, yeah, stress. And and it comes down to something called the vagus nerve. So it's, you know, vagal tone, which the vagus nerve is, it's a nerve which, is to do with the parasympathetic nervous system, which is our rest and digest. So, and you'll hear this term thrown around, but the vagus nerve is so important because it helps to digest, uh, helps our heart rate slow down. It's, it, di- it affects our, how our pupils react. Um, and it's, it's got so many functions. It's called the, it's like the wandering nerve. So it just goes wandering around your body in a, in a certain route it takes, but it's, it's just it's called a wandering nerve because it does sort of impact every part of our system. And, and the idea is to increase that vagal tone and increasing that will help your HRV increase. So HRV can be increased through things like breathing, something called heart coherence. If people have heard of that, it's where you're breathing to improve your HRV really and your heart's ability to handle stress, which uh, it's usually done five mm. seconds in, five seconds out, or six seconds in, six, six seconds out. That's shown to sort of stabilize your heart as a yeah. breathing technique, breathing slowly breathing in technique. and out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. So but, just... Yeah. So yeah. So HRV is something that the ring will measure overnight, give us and uh, give you an average, and mm-hmm. also it will measure like your sleep. So how much deep sleep I got, how much REM sleep I got, um, how much normal sleep that I got. So your deep sleep is all to do with just recovery. So that happens. The first part of the night is kind of like your recycling hormones, pairing cells, muscles, uh, anything that just needs to be detoxified and repaired and, you know, etc. Your body then slowly goes into the REM sleep halfway through the night. And then that sleep thought to help you put some kind of logic and your emotions to, to resolve mm-hmm. that you've had during the day, which may have been traumatic or learnings that you've learned. And it kind of an REM sleep helps you... Mm. That's where the brain is kind of yeah 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 yeah. There's those things together, isn't it? Makes you. There's a really good book called Why We Sleep. And so anyway, so my deep sleep used to be very low. So I thought, okay, so what are the things that these uh, Mm -hmm. people talk about on social media, and you know what have my teachers taught me? And I thought, let me try all of these things out. And for me personally, basics. I got blackout curtains. And I mean, when I say blackout, I mean, I completely blacked my room out, stopped any light coming in through my door. I switched off any Mm -hmm. electrics, even power supply that was giving off a little red light, just switched it off. There is a experiment where they showed that just shining light at your soles of your feet can reduce the amount of melatonin that you're producing. We've got sensors all oh, over wow. our like your body. Does yeah. So yeah. So you know. So <laughs> I took that quite seriously, and I mm. also then put. I uh, started wearing a sleeping mask as well, just in case the any light comes through the curtain. Um, and then also temperature of the room, and then I also reduced that. And so I just mm-hmm. switched off my radiator. That's an interesting one. I I noticed that quite recently. It was like the the temperature, the, you know, the heating comes on, and um and you wake up and yeah yeah like I'm really really warm yeah. So what's going on here? 
and then you realize the heat yeah it's just weird, yeah, so weird i think 17 18 degrees celsius mm. is the ideal temperature to have the room you also don't want it too cold right but you can buy these things which mm-hmm. you put in your bed and they're cold uh, they can give, even even get like duvets that cold you know they've got water circulating in them <laughs> it's also like little things that oh, devices okay. you can get <laughs> that help cool the bed down <laughs> that you know that's one thing i really really love about you yeah is that you know you experiment with all these things you try it yeah. out yourself before you share it with us and that's like so honorable because it's like you're not giving yeah yeah but i've got to emphasize just it's for me yeah. though right so try these things out the other thing yeah, i tried yeah. was grounding so That's i had right. a grounding mattress uh, sheet which uh, i grounded through the plug socket and then also then grounded into the ground oh yes yeah, so there's a wire yeah yeah right through my window put a copper wire in rod into the ground into the ground yeah still it, it doesn't didn't give me you know the result wasn't as impactful as actually just closing making sure it's dark and it's cool and the pillow. Oh, well, that's another thing. I bought a pillow which oh, okay. basically lifts my head. I, must, I sleep on my side, so it basically it's it gives it's a, the distance from my ear to the end of my shoulder. So it really supports me when I'm sliding my so my head is not bent down downwards. But yeah, but anyway, the those three things probably are the biggest things that help my sleep. I mean, I did cold showers, hot showers before bed. I did meditation, I did yeah. um, all these other things, but they didn't impact me the way just having a dark mm. room did. And then coming back to me- coming back to meditation That's as well. So, so lot of, and I was one of these people. So when people think about meditation, they try to fit it in and normally it's recommended to do in the morning. But a lot of people, a lot of us end up just doing it in the evening. Now, from what I've studied and researched and experimented on myself, is it's too late to lower your stress in the in the evening to the level you want it to. It's just too late because your body has a clock. So whatever you do in the morning, it, the rhythm starts from the morning, and the body is so strict it will just it will just stick to this rhythm. I mean, a whole every organ in our body has a rhythm. Your liver has a rhythm digestive system has a rhythm your gut bacteria in your gut have a rhythm everything's got rhythm they come up they're stronger at some point in the day and then not in other times of the day if you've got your nervous system to be relaxed in the morning it doesn't matter what happens to the day right body will hold that whatever you did in the morning will determine how you respond to things Mm. your nervous system responds to things in the in the evening Having a hard day at work, meditating in the evening is too late. Your body's already, it doesn't care. Would you say that when you start to meditate in the evening, it's kind of mimicking sleep and therefore could throw your body No, I don't know. I wouldn't be able to really answer that question. I mean, I think, yeah, no, I don't know. I just made that point. (laughs) No, I don't think so. No, I think meditating in the evening is really looking back at the day and just making sure that you go through the day and then, and you're grateful for everything that really happened through the day, whether it was a good or a bad thing. And then, so telling your unconscious mind, mm-hmm. while I'm asleep, can you help me resolve some of the problems that happened during the day? And, that, and when you start to do that more often, you will get answers through your dreams, or sometimes you wake up and you just kind of know what to do, or the, the problem's not a problem really anymore. So the more you do that, I found with all these mm-hmm. things, the more mm-hmm. you do it and you see a little benefit, selfish benefit, you get addicted to it and it then becomes a habit. 
So I think it's driven when you see benefits. I think that's what pulls people towards the health when they see something that's going to, you know, impact them. So yeah, yeah. So in the me- evening, even though you're meditating, in the, if you are meditating in the morning, it's still good to meditate in the evening because in the evening, you it makes it even better. You know, you mm. you go to sleep in gratitude, or you've told your unconscious mind to sort of resolve something. You're probably going to resolve it. So in in the morning. Um, I don't know, all these little habits, just understanding how the actual body functions, what the rhythms are, is, I think, a really good thing to study. Yeah. One important thing with measurements and and using even the simple scale to measure your weight is do it. Don't worry about the reading mm-hmm. on that particular day. Just do it, record it. And then you start seeing patterns okay. because patterns are more important right. than the actual absolute number. So... For example, with weight, if you're measuring your weight, especially with women, because of the hormones changes during the month, their weight will fluctuate. So how do you know the weight wasn't up because you had more fluid in your body? Mm -hmm. How do you know the weight wasn't, how do you know it was to do with that that piece of orange you had or that chocolate bar you had? You won't know. The body doesn't work that quick. You can't just suddenly put on a kg because you had something the day before. So... So some people will say it's mm. not healthy to look at your weight every day. But the key thing is sure. once you know why you're measuring it, what you're going to do with that data, then it becomes healthy. Mm. So if you're measuring it to see if you've gained weight that day, that's unhealthy, psychologically damaging to you. Mm. Right? It's going to cause a stress, not a just stress, but it's going to create response. a um, <laughs> poor relationship with your body and with nutrition etc um, mm. so it's not a, it's not a good thing to do now but if you're measuring it and you know okay i'm not expecting it to go up or down mm. it's just going to be up or it's going to be down but i'm going to check it over three months then that person's fine because then they know that oh it's a bit up oh it's up the next day oh it's down this day they're not going to be like a yo-yo in their mind they're not going to be stressing about it yeah and then it's like right. house prices they've continuously gone up but they've also had ups and downs but the trend has been up with weight for example the trend will hopefully mm-hmm. be down but you'll get this little graph which is up and down up and down up and down but mm. it will actually when you look at the whole graph over a period of like three to six months you'll see it's going to just come down same with building muscle it'll be the other way around you know so some days your arms are going to be bigger mm. why because fluid how many carbs did you eat etc so and but over time you'll see a sort of trend and so with, coming back to the ordering you look at the trend so i was just using it the best thing about it is you just put on your finger turn your phone on and then it just goes into the app don't even i don't even think about it but the trends are amazing when you look at them sure. and so then when you see a trend in then just makes you even then you start thinking oh, how can i make it even better it's like it becomes it comes to your consciousness isn't it you're, you're consciously thinking right oh my goodness look at this pattern i was doing x y and z and that's what triggered this now if i it's like visually seeing it which then can give you feedback yeah. to say well what if i adjusted this and and so it could actually help yeah. you yeah well like, sometimes it's, habit or it just change, tells right? you right you don't need to change anything mm-hmm. because this is giving you what you wanted and needed and then you don't need to do any more either so you know, with sleep, I don't stress about my sleep anymore. <laughs> I don't even do anything. I just, I just sleep now. Like it's not mm. becoming an obsession in my mind. Oh, you know, how can I get better sleep? I'm expecting it to be good. And then the thing is, if it's not good, yeah. there's always a reason. At too late or 
uh, went out, had, you know, so many factors. But you know that you already know when, when you wake up in the morning, you Spend know too much time on your mobile data phone. is going to show <laughs> before you even look at it. And right now, actually, with the water right. ring, because it, it's measuring your temperature overnight, it's actually telling me if I'm ill or not. So I had the temperature mm. a couple of times over the last two years, just, oh, wow. you know, whether it was a flu or whatnot. But each time the ring detected it, maybe a day before, you know, because uh, I felt groggy that day. But that night, I, the temperature had a spike. It's like it takes an average and then it tells you, oh, you've, you've gone above your, um, your normal. And when I say above your normal, it could just be 0.5 degrees or something. Or one degree, something like that. <laughs> but it's it's detected it, right. and, it's not, and it said, right, this is not yeah. normal. And so, so it's quite useful right now because it's you know every day it's like oh, percentage wise, not higher or lower. It's fine. So yeah, it's quite a good little device. Yeah, I find it fascinating how how we're moving into that space, right? In in regards to using technology to uh, support what we do and give us a, a, a feedback to possibly improve our lives. I think it's just amazing mm. what we would, in the direction we're heading with all this. You know, I saw this um, device where uh, it plugs into your f- mobile phone and you put your, uh, it connects to the bottom, you put your blood. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. You know, what's yeah. in your blood, <laughs> right? You know, and how, how that's, in, that's amazing. And then obviously you've got like, you know, your iPhone, uh, sorry, the, I, the Apple Watches or something, which I heard about how they were giving it out to the elderly thing was going on. It would send off a, a, a signal to... You know, and, and and people get alert as to what's going on. It's like the technology is becoming a part of us, and it's yeah. like as long as know, it doesn't go inside us, man and fine, machine. Fine <laughs> <laughs> because machines are limited, yeah. you know. So our body is an amazing <laughs> thing. That's right. Yeah. You know, as soon as you start yeah. to try to control mm. it or manipulate it with electronics, you, electronic, you, technology can never compete with our body and our brain and our mind. It's you. They. It's useful. Mm. It's, so I have a, I think I have a healthy obsession with it. I'm not, you know, if I've got to, I've just used mm. it as a tool to get me somewhere. Uh, what's the, yeah, I'll also sure. HRV as well and heart rate monitors when I train as well, because, you know, stress and training, you'll hear about these people who could run marathons and then, or they're footballers and then the next day they fall down dead. Right. Basically things like if you're an athlete and you're trained, then your heart rate in the morning it should be about 55 and below and we're talking about not the ordinary person but just an, an athlete right so 55 or 50 in the morning and when it comes to mm-hmm. if you wake that train that athlete wakes up in the morning has 60 that athlete's probably overtrained and then you get um and, and they shouldn't really be training when they're overtrained when the heart mm-hmm. rate is high because it means the body's under some sort of stress there's a heart rate that is too stable and too low is also linked to heart attacks so if you're too fit, okay, it's also linked to heart attacks. Right. Your heart can just suddenly stop. And, you know, people have looked into oh, wow. why this is, and it, it does just come down to stress. <laughs> but uh, overtraining. Like you, sometimes just the undertone, or you don't know what's kind of going on in the background, which is causing these elevated or de-elevated conditions yep. of the body, um, all because based around chemicals. You know, it's it's fantastic. I mean, I've I've taken uh, you know uh, eight points I think which um, you've mentioned uh, are quite important. One, one is um, habits. Then you got routine. You got eating, environment, your thoughts, your sleep, the ability to adapt, 
and then technology to kind of monitor and support what you're doing. These are the different things that we've spoken about today. And I think, um, you know, thoughts is, is is a very important one. And then habit seems to be another yeah. important one. They're all and then you're saying sleep as well. In a nutshell, I'll just quickly run through basically what I actually... Um, I've got 12 areas that I look at and I want to just put them as a mm-hmm. sort of a priority systems. So when I'm going to look at ah, the, okay. work with someone, who do I look at first? What needs to be sorted out? And some of these things we've already uh, covered. So the first thing I'm going to look at is actually yeah. breath. So what is your breath like? Then comes mm-hmm. your mind. So that's the next step. So what's going through your mind? Because okay. the breathing has a direct impact with your mind. If your cells okay. aren't getting oxygenated, your nutrition, whatever you're eating, is not really going to be working properly. Um, breath is so important because that, that does, it's our quickest way of accessing the nervous system is through breath. The main thing is mm-hmm. I, the person who's come mm-hmm. to me with any, whatever chronic condition they've got, is there's stress is always related to it. And uh, then you've got your mind. I'll work with the mind. Then I will look at sleep. Mm-hmm. So all these things mm-hmm. together, they will affect each other. But sleep is, we want to get the person sleeping. And I also look at liquids mm. as well. So is the person actually hydrated enough? And what I always say, which is my main thing, I, I believe, is and why there's so much um, confusion around diets, is actually it's not really what you eat. It's do with your stress. Mm-hmm. So your digestive system, when you're stressed, food works very differently in someone who's stressed compared to someone who's not stressed. If the body has got the right hormones for digestion, the food will work very, very differently in that person. If you're stressed, that mm. food, that same food, right. exact meal, is going to work very, very differently in that same person's body. So, like, nutrition is part mm. of it, but it's not the priority. Then after, so you've got breath, mind, sleep liquids then i'll go onto the body exercise what's your alignment like and mm-hmm. i'll refer people to certain people who can sort that out for you i'll also look at internal energy sort of your spiritual thing what you're doing mm. with, in terms of yoga or tai chi and does someone understand what internal energy is you know your meridians and and, and mm-hmm. things like that so i've mm-hmm. been trained in in that area so i will look at that also then look at how someone relaxes so a common question i'll ask is how do you relax and it's amazing how some people don't even haven't even got an answer for that and then i'll say toxins and i'm going to look at all right so what toxins are going in your body what's going in your mouth what's going through your nose and what's going through your skin these are only ways that things get into your body and then i'll look at what hobbies you have what are you having fun are you sharing um and what's your nutrition like? <laughs> so it's like, those are kind of like the nutrition you see is like the it's a tertiary thing. It's not like the, it's not the priority to get better. That is to turn your health around. Because mm. you, you'd be eating the best more supplement, of a holistic approach. best protein. But if mm. you're stressed, it's just a waste of money. It's not going to do anything for you. So that, so, so you said it was breath, mind, sleep, liquids, body, toxins, yep. hobbies. Yeah. So finding hobbies and relaxation and, three different things hobbies is something that takes your mind off something and there's no Mm -hmm. end to it for example it's not something you're going to achieve a result with it's just like something you enjoy doing yeah and it's it's like a meditation almost then fun is literally can you actually have fun why it's one of the last things is because if you're in pain you know it's very hard Mm. to have fun if you're not healthy it's very hard to have fun but once those 
things start to mm. improve, you want to now have fun because fun does help your vagus nerve and helps your nervous system. And also then, you know, now you want to mm. share as well. So you're able to share knowledge, etc. And then relaxation is all just basically rest. And how do you completely switch off? You're not doing a hobby. You're not having fun. Mm. How are you actually relaxing? So yeah. your body's absolutely doing nothing. You know, so that, there are three. So people get that confused. There are three different, mm-hmm. very different things, three different purposes. That's an awesome way to summarise it, Rav. That's really cool, Rav. And I appreciate, um, I'm just a bit conscious of your time as well. And, um, you know, there's been some great insights into into that. I mean, is there any kind of last words you want to uh, say? Yeah, in so, to, you know, stress. So stress is actually not a bad thing. It's a good thing. And it's called hormetic stress for short periods of time. So short amounts of stress and your ability mm-hmm. to recover from that stress will make you a stronger person. So that's really important to hit home mm. for everyone. But poor resiliency to stress, mm. poor recovery, not able to switch off that chronic stress, that will ruin your life. <laughs> it will ruin your health. Whatever you can do mm-hmm. to improve yeah. the resiliency, your recovery from stress, that's why I want everyone to go out there and research. If they ever need advice, then they can always contact me. Yeah, no, definitely. Raf. Um, I mean, thanks for sharing all that. I mean, if people do want to they get can go to the best my, way for them to do I've, that? I'm on Instagram as Rav Plahi. You can contact me through that. can email me through at uh, info at synergize.com. That's probably the best way. So info at S-Y-N-A-G-I-S-E.com. Great, Rav. I really appreciate your time and um, it's been very insightful. It's good to be here. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Digital Report podcast. If you have any questions or would like to find out more about what I'm up to, then make your way over to www.digital-report.com where you can find out how to turn your skills and knowledge into a profitable authority business online.